Star Wars 7x7 episode 2807. All right, two more articles have been released from Entertainment Weekly about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, and I'm going to sum up the highlights for them in today's episode for you. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Entertainment Weekly came out with not one but two stories. The cover story is actually kind of hard to find on their website, but you know, that's okay. I'm going to post a link to it at the blog post for the show's episode at SW7x7.com. It'll be in the show notes, it'll be on the YouTube description, all of that. And I'll also post a link for the story that was released along with the latest onset photo that they've revealed, which is a shot of Darth Vader. And so today I'm gonna summarize for you the big ideas that come from three particular areas. Number one, from the overall production, like the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, number two, the overarching ideas for the series. And three, about Vader himself. And I think we might as well start with Vader since we've got the new image of him and he appears to be in a meditation chamber. It looks a little bit different from the one that we see in his Star Destroyer in the Empire Strikes Back and he must have a meditation chamber on Mustafar you would imagine but it doesn't say where this is taking place it just you know has that very kind of shape and feel so the person who wrote the articles Dalton Ross does a fantastic job with this and I guess one of the questions that he asked had to do with whether we would see Darth Vader without his helmet on and Hayden Christensen says I wish I could tell you I'm sworn to secrecy yeah I don't think that necessarily says one way or the other quite honestly but personally I'll say if you're going to the trouble of getting Hayden Christensen back into the role you'd be silly not to take the opportunity to show his face so yeah that's how I think that going to go and there's also a mention of James Earl Jones Dalton Ross also raises the question of whether James Earl Jones will be reprising his role as the voice of Darth Vader and he says no one will say anything about that if James Earl Jones can do it I feel like they're gonna ask him for that as well but as the article states he's 91 years old but I haven't heard him talking recently so I don't know it did feel a little bit you know like there was a slight comparative lack of energy in the delivery in Rogue One by comparison you know uh, and I love James Earl Jones I think he's fantastic and I hope that he is up for the possibility I hope that it's still definitely something that he can do and do well and then there's a bit where Ewan McGregor is talking about the first time Vader is on set and about how he was you know, getting into his shot and it seemed like nobody was paying attention to him and everybody else was looking somewhere else and then Vader comes around the corner and Ewan's like, oh, I get it. Although that's not the language he uses, but that's okay. <laughs> and the thing I wanted to flag for that is that it says that he's coming into a street and we kind of have the idea, I think, pretty solidly in our heads that Vader is not going to be on Tatooine. Like, it seems like the last place that he should be showing up. But Dayu would be a great place for him to show up, for sure. Or some other planet, just not Tatooine. But Dayu would be a pretty great place for that to happen. One thing Hayden Christensen is allowed to say, though, is that we're going to see a very powerful Vader. And Joby Harold, who is the writer for the series, says that Vader's shadow is cast over 
everything that's happening in the show, or you know, to get the quote specific, he says, his shadow is cast across so much of what we do, and the degree of his proximity to that shadow is something that we'll discover, but he's very much a part of the show emotionally for Obi-Wan, and possibly beyond that as well. So of course, it's hard to know how to take that quote. I mean, emotionally, for sure, and the beyond that could be reference to the fact that they're actually going to fight, for example, or it could be that Darth Vader is going to be seen conducting other activities on the show along with eventually facing down his former master. Which brings up another point of discussion because in a later section of the interview, Joby Harold says that the Empire is in its ascendancy at this time and notes that the Jedi Order has been all but wiped out and any remaining Jedi are on the run or in hiding. And so, yeah, you also potentially get the idea that maybe a bit of Jedi hunting is going to be going on and it's not just Obi-Wan that we're going to be seeing hunted down, right? Wouldn't it be interesting if they were establishing the premise and the notion of the Inquisitorious for viewers who may not be familiar with it from the comics or from Rebels and show us actually how that happens? And as for Obi-Wan himself, well, there's a great thing in here from Joey Harold about how they you know, were looking at him for the series. He says that when we last saw Obi-Wan in the prequels, he's very emotional. There's a passion to him. And when we get to see him again in A New Hope, he is the Zen master. That was the story I wanted to understand what had happened. What had happened between the guy that Ewan brought to life in the prequels and the guy that Sir Alec Guinness brought to life in A New Hope? And it seems like they are trying to answer that question fully and completely. The quotes from whether it's Kathleen Kennedy or Joby Harold or Deborah Chow are all about how this is definitely a limited series. It was conceived as one complete story, beginning, middle, and end, without the idea that they were going to be continuing on with the story. But they're not closing the door on it necessarily. They're just saying, look, if we were to do another one, we'd really need to ask ourselves why. Like, what's the purpose of telling another Obi-Wan story? Where are we going to go with it? What do we need to achieve with it? What do we have to you know, explain about Obi-Wan, basically? that they haven't yet done. Where's the compelling need for it? And you know, I thought that we would talk about the production on this episode, some of the background stuff for it, because I do think that's fascinating to learn. And there are other things I want to talk about just in terms of story consistency with what's come before, but I think we're going to save that for episodes down the line. And we've still got a lot more to <laughs> learn about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, because if history is any indication what Entertainment Weekly is doing right now, they've still got two or three more articles at least to to drop on us with more information. So I think we're going to call it an episode for today. And it just remains for me to say, thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited but their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.